welcome everyone this morning, and especially if you're a guest with us today. We're so glad to have you in service with us this morning. Thank you for being here. It's our hope and prayer that the presence of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, touches your life in this service today. If you're watching us online, wherever you may be joining us from, we welcome you to part of this service this morning as well. Turn to Proverbs chapter 5, beginning with verse number 1, Proverbs 5, verse number 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that Thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman are as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. She's trying to keep you from pondering, from considering the path of life. Her ways are movable that they canst not, that thou canst not know them. And then in Psalm 16 and verse 11, the psalmist says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Thou wilt show me the path of life. I want to preach to you this morning on those four words. The path of life. Lord, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for the way you have ministered already. Thank you for your spirit that has ministered even through the songs and the words of the songs that we have sung this morning. Thank you that you've been renewing, infusing hope fresh and anew. God, I pray now that you would continue to minister in this service and that you would do that through your word today. I pray that your words would be alive and working in our hearts and lives today. Pray, God, that your spirit would speak, Lord. I am just the, the messenger to deliver your words. So I trust you and depend on you today. I trust you for your anointing today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want you to notice, I don't think it's a coincidence at all, but in Proverbs 5 and verse 6, in Psalm 16 and verse 11, it says, the path of life. It does not say a path of life. It says it's the path of life. This 
Last couple of days was the Maryland, D.C. Men's Conference. That's the district that our church is a part of and the organization that we're in. And it was in um, Reisterstown, or I don't know if that's the official mailing address, but that's the vicinity of where the church is. And we stayed in a hotel different than the ones we've stayed in in the past couple of years for it. And I, I knew how to get there, but I I'm, I'm learning nowadays, especially in this area, and I know other places is worse than here, but uh, even if you know where you're going and how to get there, you might as well check the app, check the map, because even though you know how to get there, you there may be some traffic that's in your path that maybe there's a better route to get to where you're going. And I plugged it in, and as is the case, oftentimes there was a couple of different routes that would get me to my destination. We live in the direction of the Bay Bridge, and uh, oftentimes if we're heading someplace north of here, you plug it in to the Google Maps is usually my choice of apps and more than likely you're going to get at least two basic routes. One is going to be taking Route 50 to 97, and then the other one's going to be taking Ritchie Highway to wherever. Bottom line is you can pick whatever one of those routes that you would like to take and get to your destination. I don't know if other apps do it. I guess they probably do, but I use, again, Google Maps most of the time. And when it does that, it'll show you, you know, the the uh, estimated time of your trip. And, of course, the one, the route that's usually the one that's highlighted out of the multiple routes is the one that's, that's the fastest. And, and, and so pick your route. It doesn't really matter. But I'm here to tell you today, when it comes to life and when it comes to eternity, there is not a path of life. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, I am. I'm sorry to tell you today that all roads don't lead to the same place. If all roads lead to the same place, this book and everything that was gone through to give us the Word of God was an absolute waste of time and energy and effort. If all roads lead to the same place, Jesus Christ sure went through a lot of suffering that He did not have to go through. So I'm here to tell you this morning, not by my choice, I promise you, not by my choice. I've said it many times, and I'll say it again today. Think of me what you want to think of me. But if I get to heaven and I find out that there were other ways to get there besides the way that I thought the Word of God said to get there, I'm not going to say, no thanks, I'm going to the other place. In fact, if I get there and find out that you didn't have to be born again of the water of the Spirit, if, if all you really have to do is just accept the Lord as your personal Savior and that gets you saved, I, I'm really not going to be mad about that. Because I'd rather people be in heaven rather than in hell. I bet you all all were pretty convinced the message was going to be on hope this morning. I wish it was. Jalen set you all up last week and now they set you up this week. And 
Here we are. I'm not going to be mad about that. My goal is not to preach an exclusive doctrine to get to keep people out of heaven. But it is my goal to preach what the Word of God says that's necessary to get you there. Whether you like it or I like it, that doesn't matter. And so I'm here to tell you, not by my preference, but by what I believe the Word of God says, there is not a path amongst many paths, but there is only one way. In fact, Jesus Himself said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And so the psalmist and the wise man says, show me the path. What is the path of life? We've got this, we've got this uh, ownership issue that we struggle with most days. Really at the basis of most of the struggles we faced with regards to our Christianity, it's an issue of ownership. That's really the kind of the basis of what it boils down to. Because if you own you, you've got the right to run you. If you're the owner, you've got the right to make the choices. But if you don't own you, whoever owns you has the right. And the Creator is the one that should have control over his creation. Can you imagine what it would be trying to play a game of chess if the chess players on that board were like you and I in life? Because if the player reaches down to one of the, the all the ones across the front of the pond, right? I know how to play chess. I know how the pieces move, but that's the extent of it. As I've said many times, I haven't played chess in probably 25, 30 years. My strategy is, man, this guy's been sitting there the whole time. He deserves a right to be involved in the game. <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen if the, if the player reaches down to one of the pawns and reaches down to move it, and that pawn responds, hold on, I don't want to go there. Want to stay here? I want to go over there. Sorry, you're a pawn. You can't go over there. You can only go two moves forward. Be kind of hard to play the game that way. I, I, I know this might offend you, but there's a whole lot of other things that should give you a reason not to be offended by this because obviously everything God did to go through providing us salvation proves that we aren't just simply pawns on a chessboard, that he, he does value us, He cares about us. The psalmist says, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you would visit him? There, there is, there's something very special about you and I as human beings. But in some ways, we're really nothing more than the pawn on his chessboard. Except unlike the inanimate pieces on the chessboard, we've got wills that conflict. 
Bottom line is, there's really not a human being if you believe in eternity, but I would venture to say there's a good chance there's not a person in this room today who doesn't have the desire to have eternal life. We're all pretty much the same on that. I mean, the bottom line is, if there's a heaven and there's a hell, we, we, we don't want to go to hell. So the issue is not where we want to go. The issue is how do we get there? The bottom line is that's not up to you and it's not up to me. This is the. It is not a, it is the path of life. Don't mean to be offensive today, but the Quran is not the path of life. The Book of Mormon is not the path of life. Whatever other books any other religion may have, this is the path of life. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, it would not be fair if we didn't have this. And we didn't have all the answers, it wouldn't be fair. But we have this that has all of the answers. The problem is we don't always like the answers. But the psalmist said, show me the path of life. I want to know the path of life. Proverbs says this, it says it in two different places. Verse 14 and chapter 14 and verse 12, it says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 16 and 25 says it basically again, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The Living Bible says it this way, verse 25, Before every man there lies. I want you to listen to some of the terminology in these next two translations. And then I'm going to read to you some words of Jesus that some of you will recognize that are very similar to what is said in these translations. Before every man there lies a wide and pleasant road he thinks is right, but it ends in death. The Message Bible says it like this, There's a way that looks harmless enough. Look again, it leads straight to hell. Anybody recognize some words of Jesus that may sound similar to that? Matthew 7 and 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. One of the biggest struggles we have and I think social media is added to this even more, is we have a tendency to judge right and wrong by what the majority says. If the majority thinks this is right, it's right. If the majority thinks it's wrong, it's wrong. But Jesus warned us to say there is a broad path that many will be walking down. But the problem is the destination is not the destination you want. And then there's going to be a narrow path that few are walking. But that's the path to get you to eternal life.
But here's the thing that's interesting to me, for those of you that may not really be familiar with this, but in the King James Bible, King James Bible in particular, if you find a word that is in italics in the King James Bible, that, that, that is not there because it's just trying to emphasize that word. The reason that a word is in italics in the King James Bible is because the translators are trying to tell you this word was not in the original. We added it. We added it. A lot of times they add it just because it it helps the flow of the sentence. It seems a little more grammatically correct to our language. And, And so a lot of times it's not really a big deal. But then other times they've added it because what they think is the meaning of it and it really does change some things about the verse. And so I I will tell you, and if you've got a King James Bible, unfortunately a lot of apps don't always show this clearly. But I will tell you in the King James Bible that the word seemeth in these two verses is not in italics. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end are the ways of death. Seemeth is not in italics. However, there's something else that if you study at the original language, and it's never been easier than it is today to look at the original words, Greek or Hebrew, and get the definitions of those words. There, I mean, you can get free apps on your phone now that you can do that with. Used to, you had to pay hundreds of dollars for Bible study software, but now it's in an app. So another thing is that it may not be in italics, but when you go to the original, sometimes what you will see is there, there is a number that correlates. I'm not trying to bore you, but some of you need to understand this. There is a number, whether it's the Old Testament for Hebrew words or the New Testament for Greek words, there, there is a number that is assigned to that word to help you for reference sake. And so what you will find that there are times that there are words that when you go to find the definition of that word, the number for that word is 9999. And then there is a note that says this word was not in the original. It was added. And so again, while the word seemeth is not in italics in your Bible, if you're looking at a King James Bible, that word seemeth is not in the original. You say, you're sure making a big big deal out of this, aren't you, Brother Wright? Well, there's a big difference between something that seems right versus what you believe and think is right. Depending on what it is, let's just use the simple example of taking a test in school. When you know the answer, And you put it down with absolute confidence and you don't think twice about it. But when it when it seems, I'm not really sure this is it, but I don't so it seems. There's a big difference in how you follow up with that. The the one I know, I don't I'm not thinking twice about it, but the one that's man, I sure hope, I'm not sure. Or, Or how about some of the you know, just think how rich we could all be if gambling wasn't really gambling. I think they're going to win. 
the big difference between thinking who's going to win and knowing who won. And, and, and so, when you take out that word, or really the two words, that seemeth, or which seemeth, it says it like this, there is a way right unto a man. There is a way that a man thinks, this is the way. Not that just seems like the way, but this is the way. What a dangerous place to be in when I'm living a life based on what I think seems like. Or that is right in my own eyes, but not right according to the Word of God. And I can't wait till I get to preach another one of those fun messages. There hasn't been any of them lately. Well, I think, I'm sorry to tell you, God never asked you. Never asked you. I mean, can you imagine how wonderful it would be if God would ask our opinion and would take our opinion? Well, I think, well, I don't like, I'm sorry. You're not the creator. You're not the one who put all this together. You're not the originator of it all. He is the originator. And he's the one that says there is a path. Most of the, well, the, most of the kids are in Sunday school this morning. But we've got some youth, that, you know, some teenagers that... Haven't experienced this yet. How many adults in this room this morning, if you knew then what you know now, you would have done it differently then? We need to have a prayer line. There's a bunch of paralyzed arms here today. Because again, if you're an adult, you can't tell me. Oh, it's all and it all works together for good. It does. That's the good thing. But you know what? That doesn't mean that you had to get there the hard way. <laughs> Can you imagine? How different many of our lives would have been or the decisions would have been if we could have sat down and a, a, a video would have been played out. Okay, if you decide to do this, let me show you. the. Oh, no. What's the problem? People and, and the Word of God said, listen, I'm just going to tell you if this, is what ha- if this is the direction you decide to go. No. Isn't it? We, you know, I think every human being has some level of egotism. I don't care how humble you think you are. Because every one of us thinks we're going to be the first. No, I'll be the first one that can live my life my way, do my thing, and it'll all be okay. No, you're not. Let 
You see, we, we don't have that. We, we can't do that. While somebody can sit and warn you, or I can sit and tell you from the Word of God, the problem is too many of us won't take the Word of God or the experiences of others. We've got to do it for ourselves. We've got to try it for ourselves. But Paul says this in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin might be for the wages of sin might be a rough day for the wages of sin may lead to a rough season no for the wages of sin is death it's guaranteed but the gift of god is eternal life Through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a guarantee that if you live life your way, those are the wages, those are the payment. And one of the most negative things we face is delayed consequences. People sitting in this place today that you walked down the wrong path for a long time because you started down the wrong path and nothing bad happened. Your world didn't fall apart. Everything didn't go crazy. Everything, in fact, seemed to go good. Someone, I forget, one of the one of the ministers that spoke at the at the uh, uh, I think it was in the last, I think it was at the men's conference. Maybe I heard this someplace else, but I think it was the men's conference. It was talking about, uh, yeah, it was. When, when you're on the fence, when you're living on the fence between the world and, and, and the kingdom of God, the church. I don't mean a church, I mean the church. First of all, that's a miserable way to live. Because if you're standing on the fence, the only thing you're focused on is not falling. So you're really not enjoying anything. If you're sitting on the fence, that's really no more comfortable. And they made this point, and it really is a very true point. No matter which side of the fence you decide to get off on, there is instant relief. And the dangerous part is when you decide to get off the fence on the side of the world, and lightning bolts from heaven do not strike you, I think that's what happened in the garden when Eve took the bite of that fruit. I, I think she took, and I, I, I believe, as I do with many things, my imagination of the story tells me that when Eve picked the fruit off the tree and as she was beginning to take a bite, her heartbeat was beating. Have you ever had your heart beating where you can feel it in your... I, I believe Eve's heartbeat was going so fast and pounding in her chest as she pulled that fruit off and then and then she takes a bite of it and 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 she's standing there waiting am i going to die and as the moments pass and here's here's one of the the biggest tragedies if you will is that nothing seemed to happen Which was part of the lie of the enemy. You, you won't die. 
And so when she eats the fruit and she doesn't die, whose words are now being confirmed? Oh, Jesus. It's not the words of God that are being confirmed. The day you eat of the fruit, you shall surely die. It's the words of the enemy that are being confirmed. Wait a minute, God said you would die, but you're still alive. Because the problem is, is you know, if you know the story, he wasn't talking about physical death in that moment. But the bottom line was there was a spiritual death. And how sad it is when we are dead spiritually, but we don't really realize it because we are still alive physically. Oh, Jesus. Watch this. Isaiah 5 and 20. Man, if we're living, if we've ever lived some things in Scripture, we're living them today. Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Woe unto them that call good Evil good and good evil. I, I, I know some of you probably not want me to go to this hot button topic. But how sad is it that when you stand up to protect a life. When you stand for the protection of an unborn life, you are evil. They call evil good and good evil. They put darkness for light and light for darkness. They put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. If there's ever been a day and time in which they call good evil and evil good, it is today. And and it's sad that that happens in the world, but the sad thing is when those that are supposed to be in the church have their thinking influenced by the thinking of the world because they may be living a way that seems right, but you and I are not supposed to be living a way that seems right. You and I are supposed to be living according to what the Word of God says. And it may not be the majority of those that believe what the Word of God says, but we were told from the beginning... I, 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 a preacher said yesterday that preachers shouldn't be transparent. And again, I, I don't know if I agree with what he said. And obviously I don't agree because I'm about to be transparent. But, but you know what? In the, in the last couple of weeks, somehow I, I have the uh, Verizon Fios app on my, uh, my, my phone. or Well, my phone, but also my iPad. And, and in that app... It, it gives you, it'll show you like what's on at the moment and it'll give you like sports that are on. And then there's, there's recent channels that you've recently clicked on. And somehow, I don't even know how it started, but almost two weeks ago it's been at least now, there were, there was somehow a couple of different Christian TV channels got in the recent. And I've spent some time, for better or worse, Watching a few minutes here and there, and I got to tell you, I've been I've been struggling a lot in the last couple of weeks because, I mean, look around. We're 
for all of those of you that are positive people, I'll say it the positive way. We're not even half full here this morning. And, and, and I look and they're showing these sanctuaries of several thousand people with almost not an empty seat. I'm listening to these just very nice, encouraging talks. And, and I got to tell you, the enemy's been working hard up here, though, because how can, what's wrong with me? We can't even. But I, I, I wasn't called to tickle ears. I wasn't called to make you like me. And I'm just as much of a human being as you are. I want to be liked. But I also know one day I got to stand before God and give an answer. And while it may be more convenient here and now to tell you, yeah, you know, live it your way, live life, your, it's all good. I taught it, a couple, I think it was a Thursday night, a couple of week or two ago, I taught about the balance of truth. We, we love to focus on the love and the mercy and the grace and all that. But the reason we need the love and the mercy and the grace of God and all those wonderful things is because there's also another side of God. There's a side of judgment. There's a side of wrath. But our problem is we get so focused on all the good stuff, we forget, oh, wait a minute. And that's part of the reason why when my way seems good, I'll just keep living my way because He's a loving, merciful, gracious God. He is, but He's also God. I don't know if I really want to be God, but I wouldn't mind being co-God. I know none of you have ever thought this, but I really believe there's a few times I'm pretty sure I could have helped God. I mean, quite obviously, the times I would have helped him if he would have let me, it would have all been to do stuff in my favor to make everything better. But still, if he would have just listened... They're wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Jesus said in Luke eleven thirty five, "Take heed, therefore." This is a this is one of those verses that just it's a little bit hard to wrap your your brain around. But take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. Be careful that what you think is light and right is actually what's wrong. And Isaiah says there's going to be a day. I'll paraphrase it based on what Jesus said. There's going to be a day when the darkness seems to be light. Jesus says, be careful when the light which is in you is actually darkness. I remember as a kid, there was the first time I remember seeing it. It's been around ever since, but the first time I remember seeing it was on a it was on a business card my dad, I think my dad had, and showed it to me. And, and you look at it, 
And when you first look at it, all you see is there, there's like some uh, various lines, shapes of lines, T's and angles and whatever. And when you, when you first look at it, that's, it just looks like nothing. And if you've never seen it, it takes a while to, as you're looking at it. And then you finally realize that those different lines are put where they are. And within those lines, it says Jesus. And what's interesting is, the first time I saw it, it took a while to see it. But once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. It became the way I saw it. Can I tell you, whatever you eat on the most is going to determine the way you see it. And there's some things that once you see them, if you're not careful, you're not going to unsee them. And the problem is, is if you see them from the wrong perspective and they now look right. Here we go again. Transparency that maybe I shouldn't be transparent about. Another thing, the last couple of weeks, don't think that all I do is sit around on my iPad looking at the channels on my app. <laughs> but I, I came across this this car show, and I got to tell you, I, I, I'm embarrassed at how naive I was at what's really out there car-wise. Anybody ever driven by that prestige auto place up in Pasadena? I know a bunch of you are so heavenly minded, you drive by there and you don't even take a second look. But some of us hope we get stopped at the light. So that we can scan what's in the lot. I went on the website the other day after my eyes were open to some things and I looked at some of the prices they had listed. $150,000, $200,000. Isn't that crazy? Except I'm learning over the last couple of weeks that 500, a million, two million for a car. For, for a car. For a car. And it's stuff that you don't ever see around here. You know what? I, I, I've got a 2021 GMC Yukon AT4 off-road model vehicle that is my favorite vehicle I've ever owned and the one I've had the most issues with. (laughs) Yesterday is the one-year anniversary of it sitting for about six months at the dealership because of issues. Now it's got a beautiful, from last fall, I I keep forgetting to deal with it because it's on the passenger side, a beautiful line down the side where I scraped the guardrail on Route 50 at 2 a.m. in the morning when I dozed off. And and then last week, I was taking my wife to her follow-up doctor's appointment. I'm driving home. I look in the rearview mirror to go to get over, and I notice there is this really interesting design of the back right window. Millions of pieces. We get out. Timothy rode with me to church last Sunday morning, and he gets out of the car, shuts the door. He didn't slam it. Didn't I mean, he wasn't. What he just shut the door, and all of us here said, uh, Dad, 
as a piece falls out. So I go find Brother Johnson, and he gets trash bag and tape and tapes it all up. And I go to a regular place to get a windshield repair. Let me look that up for you, sir, to give you an estimate only to find out. You can only get that through the dealership when I call the dealership. Well, I'm sorry, that's on back order. But it's still my favorite car. But you know what's happened in the last couple of days? I found myself struggling with being content. I find myself being a little dissatisfied, man, because it's not just about the car, but what's it like to be able to live a life where you can drop 300 grand on a car? Yeah, I'll wire that to you tomorrow. I don't mean to be, some of you may be offended by this and others may hear this and never want to come to this church, but but I, I, I mean, I, I, clothing-wise, I don't, I don't. I can get three suits for about three hundred bucks at K and G. Why am I going to go pay eight, nine hundred dollars for one when I can get three? That the average person can't tell the difference in the quality. Some do, but. but you know what? I've, I've found myself because I've been feeding. I know all of you are way more spiritual and heavenly minded than me. So bear with me as I bear my soul. Confession is good for the soul. In fact, be real real with you. Man, I wonder if I'd have pursued another path in life. And apparently I could have because it's okay to have a way that seems right. But the problem is the destination. See, it's really not about the journey. It's about the destination. I've, I've taken a few trips where it was not an enjoyable journey. And we, we've, I'm sure there are plenty of people that you've got, you've got a worse story than mine. And especially those of you in the military, I am certain that my story compels to, my story pales to the ones you can tell. But I've had a couple of trips where the travel was very unenjoyable. The, the, the schedule, the flights, and all of that was not as planned, and, and, and I had to make diversions. And, and, and one time, the, one of the worst ones, I left from here to go to the, to the Philippines, and we were supposed to get in the night before, and we landed in the morning about two hours before it was time to go to church and preach. It wasn't fun, That's, but, but, the, but here's the deal. It wasn't the journey that I was living for. My goal was the destination. So what would you rather have, a first-class journey to hell? Or a bumpy road, but it gets you to heaven? I may not drive those million-dollar cars and live in those multi-million-dollar houses and have a nice, enjoyable trip down here, but it gets me if it gets me to the place one day that I can hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. In that single moment, all of the heartache and pain, the difficulties suddenly go away. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm making contact with the tower. 
How? How do you get to the point where light becomes darkness? How do you get to the point where you call evil good? I, I think Paul basically describes it in Romans chapter 1 verse number 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Just in case you're not really getting what Paul's saying, he's saying that God has put all kinds of things in this world in nature to be natural examples of spiritual truth so there's no excuse because that when they knew God here it is that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened they knew God but they didn't want to know God Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves back to that fence. And when you get off the fence on the side of the world and you have instant relief, and you think that's a wonderful thing, that's one of the scariest places to ever be. When your conscience is no longer bothering you, that is not a good place to be. As long as your conscience is bothering you, that means there's still hope. But God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Don't, this is sort of a trick question, so don't raise your hand. Anybody wonder how did we get, how did we as a nation get to where we are today? How did we get to not only accepting but promoting? It's not just that we accept things we used to not accept. We now promote and celebrate them. Just go to Target and ride the escalator in Annapolis and see the first thing that is there when you come to the top of the escalator. We now promote things. Why? Because we didn't want God bothering us. We didn't want God in our conscience. We didn't want God running our lives. We, we didn't want God in our schools. You can't push God out of everything and then be confused how you get to where you are. 
For this cause God gave them up unto vile effect. Because of this, he, he let them now do what was at once considered to be wrong. Verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection implacable, unmerciful the the, the bottom line of those verses is this you don't decide which door you open but we're going to keep all the others out we're only going to now allow this but all this other stuff, no when you decide we don't want God in this area, God steps back and says okay if you don't want me here then I'm not going to bother you there who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them That's how we get there. That's how we get to thinking things we used to think were wrong are now good. They're now okay. Because we kept pushing God out. Pushing God out. Hopefully it's nothing that's, you know, going to kill them or whatever else. But anybody ever had one of those battles with your kids that you knew? You knew the outcome and they're persisting in their way anyway. And so finally you say, okay, have it your way. Sure enough, what you knew was going to happen, the consequences you knew were going to happen, happened. That's what God is doing. That's what God is saying. It's not that I'm now saying all of this stuff is not true and not real and not right. I'm just saying, you know, go to Burger King. Have it your way. But while you may have it your way for a season, at the end of the day, God has the final say. And listen, and again, there's so many things throughout Scripture that we're living today, but listen to the words of Jesus, Matthew 24, verse number 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive. Verse 11, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. I, it, it's one of those things I guess I keep repeating repeating from time to time, but it's one thing when we as the church are influenced by what the world says, but it's a whole different thing in the day and time we're living where now it can come from the pulpit to tell you, ah, this isn't really a big deal. You don't really have to do that. You don't really have to, you know, this is just a bunch of really good suggestions. Jesus warned and said, be careful. Many will come and deceive. If you're an adult, especially if you're the head of the house, if you're going to eat lunch somewhere today, if you're going out, there's a really good chance you're not going someplace you hate. There's a really good chance you're going to eat someplace where you like to eat. Get what you want. When it comes to food and cars and clothes and houses and 
all those temporal things. Get what you want if you can. But when it comes to your soul, when it comes to your eternity, there's no buffet to pick from. There, there's no options. Again, you go to a restaurant, they hand you a menu. You're, if you're paying, you're not sitting there going to pick out, well, what am I going to be the most miserable eating? What am I going to give my hard-earned money for that is going? I'm going to have to? My, my, all my kids, my wife, they got taste buds that I don't have. In the last 30 years of marriage especially, I have expanded. I, there's a lot of things I like now, I eat now that I didn't used to eat. Man, they, they like, st- all of them, like stuff that I. They like stuff on their food, their sandwiches, their. Every now and then, not too often because I'm, I'm the boss. Every now and then I'll give in to go in one of those places. To find something on there that I can tolerate. I'm not, I'm not going someplace, we'll have to see what happens after the cake auction, but there's a, there's a slight chance I may end up on West Street this afternoon at Mission Barbecue. It's my choice. And I got to tell you, I'm just because I'm the guy standing behind this pulpit most days, there's a whole lot of stuff in here. That I do not like. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do this to this book like we can do to a document? Cut. Delete. No, don't want that. The problem is when I start down that path, I can convince God to finally say, you don't want me bothering you anymore? I won't bother you. So how? I, I, I close. How do, we, how do we avoid all of that? One of the simplest ways the psalmist said it in one, Psalm 119, in verse 105. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's the light to my path. The educational system is not the lamp to my feet, the light to my path. TV and movies, music is not the lamp to my feet, the light to my path. Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and whatever else is not the lamp to my feet, the light to my path.
my friends are not the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. My parents, my kids, thy word. Oh, Jesus. Thy word. You say, come on, preacher, that's pretty straight and narrow. Oh, oh, really? That's not very broad and appealing. Oh, oh, really? Where are you trying to get to? What do you want your ultimate destination to be? Because if you want to end up with eternal life, there's only one thing that can guide your feet, that can show you the path. Psalm 1, last last verses, Psalms 1, what a powerful psalm. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight is in what? Boy, that's an interesting statement. The thing that so many people resent, resist, fight... The psalmist says that for the godly, for the righteous, that's where they delight. They delight in the law of the Lord. And in His law doth He meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that bringeth forth His fruit in His season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever He doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the, uh, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I can't show you a video of the outcome of your life if you decide to live it your way and do, it what, do what you want to do, how you want to do it. But I can show you some words that I can promise you are true. outcome for those that choose to live the way that seems right to them is a guaranteed outcome but oh what an outcome for those that choose to walk the path the path of life Please take this in the attitude and the spirit with which I mean it. I really don't mean it to be unkind. Again, most of you know this, but if you don't, my parents started this church in 1970. I was born and raised in this church. So in all of my years of life, and especially the last 25 years or so, as I've been involved in various roles of leading and pastoring for 15 years now, I've watched people come and go. I've watched people who walked the path of life for a little while but decided it's just too narrow. It's just too restrictive. It's just too confining. So I've watched them leave to go to the way that seems right to them. And I wouldn't do it because it wouldn't be right. 
I could sit here this morning and call name after name after name after name of people that sat in similar seats to where you sit today but decided this path is too narrow, I want my life. And I could tell you person after person whose lives are a mess. Whose worlds have fallen apart. Oh, there are a few who still look like everything's good. There are a few whose lives appear to have gotten a little better. And that's a real dangerous place to be. When you're on the the wrong path and there's no resistance, there's no opposition. I told many kids when I was principal of the school, and I've told my own kids at times, one of the greatest blessings you can ever have is when you get caught. Getting caught for doing wrong is not a curse, it's a blessing. Because if you don't get caught, your resolve gets stronger and stronger as to what you can do and you can get away with. But when you get caught, there's a bit of fear that says, and some people are blessed with always getting caught, and some people are cursed with never never getting caught. Again, as I've already said in a little bit different way, but I can guarantee you, you make up your mind, you know what, I'm, I'm done with God. I don't want to walk the path of life. There is almost instant relief that comes. Because as long as you're walking the path of life, I promise you the enemy is never going to stop. Never going to stop. I'm 50 years old now. I started preaching when I was 18. I've been pastoring for 15 years. And I'm telling you today, honestly, transparently, Brother Brian, there are still days. My mind is really worth it? Is this really necessary? Isn't it amazing? The devil never stops. He's looking for every little angle, every little just the slightest opening to bombard your mind. Man, you decide I'm done. You give it up. He is hands off. Why is he going to fight you doing something that's wrong? Why is he going to oppose you when you're not walking on the path of life? He wants you to walk the path that's not the path of life. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? I know I've gone a little longer perhaps than normal this morning, but I, I just I feel such a burden this morning. I don't know who it is. I don't know who you are, but somebody today. You may, you may already have made up your mind at some point you're walking the path of life, but the, the enemy's been battling you. He's been bombarding your mind. He's been trying to do whatever he can to get you to abandon the path of life. God is here today to challenge and encourage you. Walk the path. The psalmist says there's joy. There's pleasures forevermore 
when I walk the path of life. And maybe you're here today and you've never really decided to walk the path of life according to what the Word of God says. This could be the greatest day of your life if you would make the choice. You know what? I'm not going to live my way. I'm not going to live what's the what seems to be the trending way in my world today, but I'm going to live according to what the eternal, unchanging Word of God says. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to invite somebody right now, and I beg you, forget about everybody else for a moment. Forget about what somebody else does or does not do. Whatever, whatever Whatever the reason may be, whether it's to commit for the first time to walk the path of life or you've already walking it but you need to recommit, you want to recommit. Maybe, you, you, maybe it's, you're one of the ones the enemy's been battling and all over again you just got to make up your mind. I'm going to walk the path of life. Can I invite you as a, as a sign, as a step of a commitment of doing that? Would you, would you get out of your seat and make your way down to this altar area? If you want to kneel, you can kneel. If you just want to stand, stand. But would you, would you make a statement today, not, not, to, not for those around you, but first and foremost to the Lord today, to yourself and to the enemy. I, I made up my mind. No matter what's battling my mind, no matter what's coming against me, no, no matter what alternative routes I'm being offered, no matter what other options I'm being shown is the way, I'm going to walk the way according to the Word of God that is the way, the path. No, I can't just pick a path that I like. I just can't pick a path that appeals to me. He's in control. He's the creator. I've got to walk the path as He has determined. I I can tell you, I can guarantee you that path is going to lead you through some places you may not really want to go. That path is going to lead you through some some circumstances that are not going to be the most appealing, but as we've already sung about today, you can have a hope. No matter where this path may take me, no matter what turns may be on this path, I've got a guarantee of the outcome. I've got a guarantee of where I'm going if I will just make up my mind to stay on the path of life. Oh God, help us today. Lord, your your word says there's nothing new under the sun. While that may be true, Lord, it seems that we're living in a day where everything seems to be amped up. We're bombarded in ways we've never been bombarded before. We're we're pressured from things we've never been pressured from before. It seems like every side, every direction we go, we're, we're, we're being told messages, things that contradict Your Word. I pray today, God, that You would give us grace and strength, Lord. Give us grace and strength today to let Your Word be the lamp to our feet 
a light to our path. Not what the majority may be saying, not what the crowd may be doing. Not the thing that seems to be the most popular right now, but where is the lamp? Where is the light of your word taking me? In the name of Jesus. 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 The wages of sin is death, but the gift, the gift, the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, help us today. Lord, in a world with so many voices, with so many voices trying to get our attention, trying to get our allegiance, help us to be able to hear your voice, to follow your voice, to walk that path, God, that may feel confining and restricting and There may not be many people walking it, but the destination is the destination we want. Help us today. Help us today. Help us today, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus name Jesus name Hallelujah Hallelujah Thank you Jesus I know there are some that are still praying and I don't want to disturb them and asking you not to either but if you need to go if you're ready to go you're welcome to I remind you about the cake auction and they'll try to get that underway as quickly as possible if you can stay around for a few minutes and support our vacation Bible school that would be appreciated in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus 
name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.